Nexus PMG welcomes you to the Bigger Than Us podcast, which we as energy geeks lovingly refer to as the BTU. Bigger Than Us is a podcast that focuses on ideas that will shape the future of our planet and ultimately our existence. We will occasionally lean into energy topics because after all, it's the key to our collective survival, but we'll also explore other ideas and topics that we believe will have an impact that is bigger than us. And now, on to today's show. Hello and welcome to a special episode of the Bigger Than Us podcast. I'm your host, Raj Daniels, and I thought, why not kick off 2023 looking back to some advice that our guests gave us in 2022? Hope you enjoy it, and I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Dr. BJ Johnson is CEO and co-founder of Clearflame Engine Technologies. If you could share some advice, words of wisdom or recommendations with the audience, what would it be? Um, I would say, uh, you know, you brought up the discipline example, but I think I would I would double down harder on my second point, which is don't be afraid to dive in with two feet. Don't be afraid of failure. You know, um, there's 10 different ways Clearflame could have failed up until the point today, and there's probably 100 different ways we could fail going forward. Um, but, you know, what What really is the worst thing that happens? You know, we got to pick ourselves up and find something new to work on to continue to drive the change we want to see in the world. And I think that's a really small price to pay compared to the impact that we can have with this technology. So I would say, um, you know, be willing to bet on yourself and and take that risk to make that change, be the change you want to see in the world, to use that quote. Chris, wedding. Now, my last question is usually around advice, but I want to be very specific here with you. You know, you have the mastermind, you have the podcast, you have the newsletter, you have the family, the extracurricular. Can you talk briefly to time management? How are you managing all these different initiatives? And of course, as you mentioned earlier, managing fun, family, fitness, etc. Mm, boy, th- th- this is this is one of my favorite topics, Raj. So we could talk for days. We're not going to, of course, <laughs> but we could. Man, I am, I am obsessed, hopefully in a good way, uh, with efficiency and time management. Uh, I think your listeners have heard some of these things, right? Like if it's on the calendar, you know, pretty sacred. If it's not, it's probably, it's probably not going to get done. I mean, I, I think being being kind of ruthless with time management, that, 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 um, so is that an adjective? I think it's an adjective here. Anyway, that descriptor uh, is, is appropriate. Uh, I mean, look, I, I don't work that much. I mean, I, you know, start work probably at 8.30 after some morning meditation and reflection. Uh, I probably stop at, you know, 5.20, very precise, but that's, that's just in time for heading over to get ready for dinner. And I usually don't work at night or on the weekends. Now, sometimes, you know, I've got a big push or whatever else, uh, or if I'm teaching a lot one semester and I got to keep all the fun things going with, with the masterminds or the occasional uh, in, or in, in investment banking deal, you know, maybe. Uh, I think, you know, apps like Calendly, you know, to auto schedule, uh, you know, meetings has been really helpful. You know, uh, batching has been really helpful. So maybe you can relate, you know, for the first two weeks in December, for example, uh, I'm going to record, I think, 16 podcasts so that I can, you know, drip them out uh, throughout the spring when I'm going to be extra busy. And in general, you know, things are less busy uh, right now. You know, it's, it's batching certain kinds of meetings. It's also blocking off uh, most mornings before 11 o'clock for no phone calls, 
no meetings, uh, just deeper work, as they may say, kind of a la you know Cal Newport's uh, book. Super important topic, uh, and uh, lot, lots of threads to pull on. John Belazir is the CEO of Saluna Computing. You've changed industries. Careers actually was a question. How were you able to change careers? What enabled you to do so? Um, I think it's my it's my propensity for uh, learning. I'm a I'm a lifelong learner. I um, I'm an engineer by training, but I think fu- fundamentally speaking, my my brain is just and, and my passion is just learning new things. And so, what attracts me to these complicated industries um, and uh, businesses is how much learning opportunity there is to it. You know, people ask me to serve on their boards um, often or help them with their companies. And I'm usually attracted to the ones where, huh, that's some that's something interesting. I don't know anything about that. <laughs> you know, I can learn something new and exciting there. So it's the it's the learning passion that um, I, uh, I I I use to sort of allow me to uh, to to transition and have this sort of flexible chameleon like approach to different um, different opportunities. And I didn't realize it was my uh, quote unquote superpower until. I suddenly I found myself in an industry that I would never have expected myself to be in. Right, I'm I'm a software guy, and I just assume I'm just going to keep doubling down on software. And I'm learning that, um, you know, more more of a lateral. Um, I have this actual philosophy I'll share here. You know, when I was growing up, my my mom and 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 my uh, stepfather, um, and my, my dad, they 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 really had a more jobs and skills focused approach to their professional careers right they they would you know go work for 8 hours for 40 hour for, for uh, you know 40 hours a week for 40 years it was called 40 for 40 right <laughs> just about every industry it was like go get a good job and you know keep your job for a long time that's not really people don't really go in for that anymore and and and, and truthfully people can't really promise that anymore that you'll be in a role for that long and so what i believe the professional career is really about is more rather than a one straight line on a wall it's more like a mosaic it's a series of different color tiles different experiences different learnings um, different challenges that all come together to define you as an individual and i believe the more versatile you are and have seen more different things the more valuable you will be to uh, teams that that want to bring someone on to really help them deal with like the next big challenge, you know, taking it back to the earlier part of our conversation here, right? How do you stay an optimist? Well, you guys see a lot of things, a lot of tough things, and if you go to a lot of different different places, you're going to run into a lot of new and interesting challenges you've never seen before, and it's the ones you've never seen before are the ones where you have the most learning, the most growth. You can apply tools that you didn't you didn't know you had, and you can actually be the the innovative perspective that gets the room to think about the problems differently. John D'Souza, if you could share some advi- advice, words of wisdom with, or recommendations with the audience, what would it be? You know, I, I, I do think we be, we're living in a very special time right now. Um, and as mentioned, I've done multiple startups. We are at a time where literally you could uh, pursue anything you wanted uh, and make a living doing it. That was not true before. And I, if you look back 10 or 15 years ago, it's been a lot of people saying, you know, look at your dreams and understand whether it's a hobby or a profession. I actually think right now you could do anything you wanted, do it well and, and make a living. So it really does beg your chance. If, if that is the case, then 
we are at a time where you need to decide whether you just let inertia be your guide to your life or whether you actually want to pursue your dreams. Because you can. There's, there is no reason right now not to do it. And I'd, I'd push every say, with all the resources, with all the access that we have, uh, you know, are, are you ready to, to sort of take the leap? Aaron Fitzgerald serves as Chief Executive Officer of the U.S. Farmers and Ranchers in Action organization. This could be professional or personal, but if you could share some advice, words of wisdom or recommendations with the audience, what would it be? I guess, you know, um, I think the business models of the future are about sustainability. Maybe it seems like a buzzword, but I go back to students. I went to Notre Dame and um, I was probably not a, the best of students. So they had at the time had ethics was, was rolling out in business. And so they created it as a bonus question. And I spent all my time on that bonus question, you know, because I was like, oh, I just need bonus bonus points. But you know what? That is the business question. Um, and I think for all of us as business leaders, there are, you know, our business models, but we have to figure out a way to build the business models of the future. And so if you're a finance person, you better put your finance thinking cap on because we need your strength. If you're a marketer, we need better storytellers. Um, the new business models of the future are about sustainability. So what are you doing as a leader in action to use your strengths and to help figure this out? And it's not a bonus question. Jonathan Crowder. Jonathan is a founding partner of Intellis Capital and a member of its investment committee. A last question, and it's usually a broad question regarding advice or words of wisdom recommendations, but I'm going to ask you perhaps specifically if there's a founder listening right now is considering raising money from venture capitalists, what's one or two questions that they might not know to ask that you would perhaps recommend they ask? I think that more founders should diligence the investor where, where possible. And what I mean by that is ask for the opportunity to speak to or just reach out directly to one of that investor's portfolio companies or some number of that investor's portfolio companies. I think the thing to remember is that in our view, these are intended to be very long-term partnerships. So we are expecting to work with entrepreneurs for years, five years, eight years, 10 years, possibly more. And anytime that you're building a long-term partnership, I think you have to approach that with uh, a certain level of thoughtfulness uh, and and enter that relationship with with open and, and clear eyes. And so probably my most important piece of advice would be to really spend the time to understand the strategy and the approach of the investor, but also the mindset of the investor, who they are, what they are like as a partner. Uh, and one of the best ways of doing that is is actually speaking to some of the existing entrepreneurs that that investor has already partnered with. Anthony Kane is president and CEO of the Institute for Sustainable Infrastructure in Washington, D.C. Words of wisdom, recommendations with the audience. What would it be? I think in my personal career, I've I've followed my heart in terms of what felt right. I think I told you the story of I was working as a researcher and I saw Envision and I thought this could really make a difference. And I think that same approach can be applied in so many different ways, especially on the infrastructure side. I appreciate the many thousands of advocates that we have out there who every day are just deciding that sustainability is the right thing to do, that they need to be advocates, that they need to support it. 
and they're making a difference. Uh, again, I, I am only helping from the sidelines. I don't, I don't build infrastructure. I don't design infrastructure. I really applaud all of those people out there who every day wake up and decide they're going to follow their heart and, and do what matters and what's going to make a difference. So I would say if you're on the fence, <laughs> do it. Focus on sustainability. Take the first step. Learn about it. Learn how it can impact your projects. Even if you don't work in the sustainable infrastructure industry, write an elected official. Let them know that you care about infrastructure and that you care about sustainability. That really makes all the difference in the world. Ed McGinnis is CEO of Curio. If you could share some advice or words of wisdom, and it could be professional or personal with the audience, what would it be? That uh, anybody can make a difference and never sell yourself short. Always have respect for uh, knowledge and and others. And um, empathy is really, really important. When you understand, it, when you make the effort to understand why and how people are doing things, groups, personal, professional, it helps you understand better. It empowers you more. But for me, words of wisdom is just, um, you know, it sounds silly, but be all you can be and, and don't think you can't be anything. I've worked for people. I've had people that work under me and literally I've told them that, um, listen, you could do my job. You could be secretary of energy. You're, you've got the capabilities. You could be president. So um, look at me. I grew up in a pretty much a blue collar neighborhood in New Orleans, Louisiana. I remember thinking um, in, in junior high school, telling someone, yeah, I, I want to be a diplomat. Um, I'm moving to Washington. They just started laughing. I may as well have said I was going to become, you know, uh, the first person on Mars. Um, but I like this, and, and I was never the, the top of the class or anything else, you know. And look, uh, my, almost my entire career, I went in with the non-traditional credentials. I was the one where people say, what's this guy doing here? But I worked my um, tail off. Um, I, I, I think I showed great respect for um, others and how they got there. And I acted like a sponge. And um, I wanted to learn and I wanted to make a difference. Taj Ahmad Eldridge is a 25-year-plus investment professional. If you could share some specific, let's call it advice, words of wisdom, even recommendations with the audience, what would it be? Yeah. Number one, thank you, Raj, for this. This has been phenomenal. And, and I must say, I feel like I'm on with Terry Gross from NPR because it's, <laughs> it, it feels so conversational and, and, and you're so great. But if there is one piece of advice I would give for founders or for fund managers or anyone listening to this podcast is that there is value in authenticity. There's value in being yourself. I, I, I tell this story because it, um, I, I was ashamed of it, but I tell it because I don't want anybody to ever experience this. When I was growing up, I was very ashamed of my name. My name means crown in Arabic. And I felt like I was other. Um, I felt like that it wasn't, quote unquote, air quotes, American. So by the time I got into corporate America, I went by a different name. I went by TAD, T-A-D, because I thought that that was American. I thought that that was, would not scare clients away. I thought that that would not make me an other. Um, and, and when I was working at UBS, I met this, this guy who was, um, he's an Orthodox Jewish gentleman. And it was my first time really meeting somebody who's Orthodox Jewish, who, who, you know, wore the hat, wore, wore his, his, his uniform of his religion. And he was himself. And we had this long conversation about 
being yourself and the value of yourself. And at that moment is when I let my beard grow is when I used dodge. I made sure people pronounced it correctly. And, and I think that's very important because, you know, your name is the first gift that your parents give you. Um, or the first gift that you're given, I should say, even if you're not given from your parents, is the first gift you're given if, if you're an orphan. And so it's, it has meaning. And so for me, I think that authenticity, whether you're a founder or a fund manager or just a person who's listening to this podcast, is important and it's valuable. And so that, that's, that's the piece of advice I want to give, Raj. Ali Haji is the CEO of Ion Energy. If you could share some advice, recommendations, words of wisdom with the audience, what would it be? It would be what I said uh, earlier, uh, you know, continue to be a good listener um, uh, and, and ensure that you do go slowly with, get, with consensus and then execute accordingly. So consensus and, and, and going at a pace that allows you to build uh, that big picture view of, of, of the problem at hand or, or even uh, the path forward uh, is what I would urge you to do. Dr. Jennifer Holmgren, if you could share some advice, words of wisdom or recommendations with the audience, it could be personal or professional. Who would it be? Dream the big dream. <laughs> and and good ideas aren't enough. Go go execute, go get it done, and, and don't let anything stop you on the way. Paul Bungie is the co-founder and CSO of Conservation X Labs. If you could share some advice, words of wisdom, or recommendations with the audience, what would it be? Um, you know, I think it's the, the personal and the professional are so intertwined nowadays. Uh, I think it think big. And dream bigger, but bad things will happen. Don't blame. Don't get up. You know. Don't. You, you, we we should mind. We can mourn. We can get upset, um, but don't let the bad things deter you from your vision. John O'Donnell, if you could share some advice, and it, this could be professional or personal advice, words of wisdom, recommendations with the audience, what would it be? Well, the first is that you know being part of identifying, seeking out opportunities to be in the businesses that are driving this transition and are making big steps. You know, we're fortunate that what we're doing is a big hammer, but there are across all of business, all of the economy, there are a ton of things to do in lots of sectors. To me, that is the, the, has to be the guiding light. You know, we need wartime mobilization to leave a world to our grandchildren. You know, a child that's born today is what, 28 years old in 2050. We talk a lot about 2050. People who are born today are mid-career. As a parent today, someone who's going to be 28 and 2050, what we do right now is absolutely transformative to their life, not just their, their children's lives. And it is also this time of unbelievable and spectacular business opportunity. And the thing I would say is, you know, people talk about A versus B, everything is going to stop and then something else is going to, like, it's very clear that people talk about an energy transition or evolution, you know, transitioning how petroleum is produced, transitioning how gas is produced, as at the same time as those things are replaced, that there are opportunities everywhere in the economy. Um, there was an American architect named Daniel Burnham who uh, was an inspiration to me. He said, um, make no little plans. They have no power to inspire men's minds. Make big plans. Nicole Johnson Hoffman 
is the CEO of Future Meat Technologies. If you can give some advice or words of wisdom, recommendations, professional or personal for the audience, what would it be? I like to um, remind people of that saying that the future is here. It's just unevenly distributed. Um, this is one of my favorite ideas, uh, that the future is out there. We all think that, that um, in order to be innovators, we have to you know, sit in our bed and, and come up with something that no one's ever thought of before. But I don't think that's really true. I think we need to find the future. Um, it's here. It's lurking. It's in universities. It's in um, fact factories. It's in a student's classroom. It's in, um, it's in the ideas and minds of our young people. We need to find the future where it already exists, and then we need to bring all of our powers to bear to make it real. Um, so I'm a, a you know, I, I am not a scientist. I'm not uh, Kobe Nachmias. Uh, but I, what I am is a person who can make ideas real and who can make things happen. And I, I bring that gift um, to, to this work, and um, I feel like that's my contribution. Suma, ready. If you could share some advice or words of wisdom, recommendations with the audience, what would it be? I think the advice I would give is, you know, for me, jumping into a lot of these spaces was difficult, but I, I think it was just how I was built and I needed to do it. So I'd say, um, if you are built like this, like challenge the status quo, what are the status quo means what your family wants you to do, what your community wants you to do, what your society is telling you to do. I think we each have our own path and sometimes that path will deviate from what others are doing. Um, but it's it can be hard, um, but I think it's worth it, worth it in the end. And so that's definitely a lesson that I continue to learn um, with with everything I do every day. Scott is the founder and CEO of Remo Energy. If you could share some advice, words of wisdom, recommendations, and it could be personal, professional, what would it be? Well, um, I guess I have um, two levels of advice. So, um, you know, the lesson that I personally learned is when you're a an entrant in a new business, it's you may have an interesting uh, technology and an interesting financing angle, and, and you can get your inputs, but you really need to be intimate with your um, the competitive landscape, the competitive dynamics of the distribution chain that you're going to sell into. The, often there are hidden uh, alliances or levers of control that make it harder for a new entrant. So uh, understand your customer first and then let that drive your business. That's That's sort of the the more sophisticated lesson. The lesson I, I would give to younger folks who are just getting into the entrepreneurship game, or and especially if they're coming from a technical field, is that the, the huge lessons uh, underlined in, in bold case is uh, a technology is not a business. It's a long, long way to take a technology, even just to a product, and a product is not a business. Uh, whatever you you think it should take to take that technology and productize it, uh, whatever a reasonable time is, multiply that by three. And then you have to build a business around that. And that's when really understanding the value pr proposition. Um, it's, it's critical to understand who's going to be buying your product, why it's compelling, um, how good a deal do you need to offer them to get them to switch to your product? 
How are you going to finance it? What metrics do your investors need to see? Who are your competitors? And no matter what you think, there are always competitors. Uh, how will they respond to your offering? You, you really need to view uh, the entire business holistically and not just fall in love with your mousetrap. Nick Myers is the co-founder and CEO of Phoenix Tailings. If you could share some advice, words of wisdom or recommendations with the audience, what would it be? So there's a, there's a little bit to it. Uh, the first being, um, I think a lot of people are looking to figure out what they want to do in their lives. I think a lot of people struggle with figuring out what is their mission? What, what is their goal? What is their purpose? Why are they here? Uh, for me, I got a really good piece of advice that I always like to pass along to everyone I because uh, it helped me found Phoenix Tailings. It helped me get involved here and helped me figure out what I want to do. Looking back at your life um, on your deathbed, what are your metrics for success? If you can define that in a very, very crisp way, only you have to understand what it means. But you have every step of your life focused to that end mission, whether it's the food that you eat in the morning, uh, the woman that you marry, the job that you take, all of this should be in pursuit of that end mission. If you can have it in pursuit of that end mission, you'll be very successful. That helped me guide my entire path, and I pass that along to everyone I meet. I think it's very important. Um, and the second thing I like to, to share, I always think it's very important as well, is that um, uh, my mother always said the quote, but uh, no one who ever did anything great did it alone. And it's the people around you who make you great. So find a good group of people, work with them, find the best people in the world, and you'll figure out any problem that you'll ever come across. I think that's the absolute best piece of advice I could ever give anyone. Dr. Megan O'Connor is the founder and CEO of EntCycle. If you could share some advice, words of wisdom, recommendations with the audience, what would it be? Hmm. I think just to double click on what I said earlier, you know, being a CEO and a founder, you tend to fall into the trap. And I've been there myself of thinking you need to know it all and you don't. And I think people appreciate when you say you don't know it all and you find the people who have been there and done that and are real experts in what they do to help you build the right team to really commercialize this. And so don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to, to use your network and to find the right people who, again, can really believe in you and your vision. And, and it does take a community. It takes a village. So to really lean into that. And, and I think you will go much further than, than if you tried to do it all on your own. Manik Suri is the founder and CEO of technology company Therma. If you could give some advice, words of wisdom, recommendations to the audience. What would it be? Do work that you love. Find, find work or find uh, concepts or people or, or, or issues that matter to you and, and, and work on those. Life is too short uh, and the opportunity cost is too high to, to not do that. And um, you know, I think that's one reason why I still enjoy the work many years into early mornings and late nights and long weekends. I, I feel the work is worthwhile at least for my values and what I care about. So that gives it a sense of meaning, even if I'm not hanging out with my one-year-old or even if I'm missing some time with my family. Um, because of the intensity of the work, I think uh, for all of us you know, who care, just I would encourage you to just follow work, find work that you love and follow your own internal uh, commitments and values to, to do things with your time that matter to you. Adam Wright. But if you could share some advice, words of wisdom, it could be professional or personal with the audience. What would it be? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, I, you know, my assumption is that the that your audience um, is is you know very much cares about climate change and and does a lot of thinking about climate change. And so, I think my 
my my advice in terms of if you want to make the biggest impact, you know, in terms of if you're saying you know the the ratio of brain power to positive effects on climate change, that is the the best way to maximize that ratio is by thinking about methane mitigation, and so, um, you know. Wind farms are great. Solar is great. Um, you know, carbon capture from the air is great. Methane is a problem that we have kind of right now, and it's right in front of us. And if there was more technologies like this out there that can scalably mitigate methane emissions, that's, again, the biggest lever that we have or the most powerful lever that we have to slow down climate change. So I think the, the advice would be, you know, start thinking about methane a little bit more. <laughs> Dan Spracklin, if you could share some specific advice, words of wisdom, recommendations with the audience, it could be professional or personal, what would it be? Um, so I get asked this question a lot by uh, college students. And my, my advice is find a big problem. Find a big problem that no one's looking at, right? So that big problem for me was sewage. And where does that take you? You can't predict where you'll be, but, you know, keep focused on it. Keep digging, chipping away, keep at it, keep that grind, and you'll accomplish some great things. But, you know, focus on something and have a big picture of where you want to go in a vision and follow it doggedly every day, day in, day out. Even those days when, you know, you'd rather stay in bed or just lounge around and watch TV is put in the work. And that compounds day over day over day. Next thing you know, you'll look back in a decade and you'll be miles from where you start. Jason Salfi is co-founder and CEO of Dimensional Energy. If you were, let's say, giving advice to early stage entrepreneur, what are perhaps one, two, even maybe three things that you would perhaps from your war stories relate to them? <laughs> um, <clears throat> so I guess, you know, things that I would share with entrepreneurs, um, yeah, I, I think it's like, you know, kind of comes down to some like really simple lessons, you know, keeping a beginner's mind, always, you know, knowing that you've, you've got a lot to learn. Um, and um, every, every day is a, is a learning adventure. Um, take care of yourself. You know, I mean, you know, that, that old, uh, uh, you know, in the airplanes, it says, put your oxygen mask on first before you help others. Well, if you're, if you're not breathing, you're not, you know, you're not working and getting your job done. So, you know, I, I, I keep up really sound practice of, uh, exercising, eating well, meditation and sleeping. Um, you know, I, I, you know, like you asked earlier, um, you know, not stopping doesn't mean that we just work all the time. It, you know, it means we have to take care of ourselves too. Um, and living a holistic life, um, you know, and I, I think that, all, you know, quality of life matters. Um, I find that you can be the most productive when you're feeling good um, about what you're doing and you feel true to yourself. Um, so, you know, um, got the advice a long time ago to, you know, be myself because I'm going to be the best at it. And so I share that advice with everybody being yourself, being your true self. Um, you know, you're always winning because you're going to be the best one at being you. <laughs> Dr. Laura Lammers is the founder and CEO of Travertine Technologies, Inc. If you could share some advice, words of wisdom, recommendations with the audience, what would it be? Um, I would say um, <laughs> today, you know, we're, we're kind of forced in this 
divisive mode of, of um, industrial villains versus uh, kind of environmental heroes. And I think maybe um, being thoughtful about reflexive responses and, and thinking about the, the longer term or broader implications of, of, uh, of our kind of easy responses to, to, to thoughts about kind of new production materials, for example. Um, and so really, and maybe this, this is not just in, in renewable energy transition, but just in general, um, listening more uh, and, and, and being more thoughtful and, and maybe trying to tone down the rhetoric a little bit. Dr. Gruber, CEO and board member of GIVO, if you could give some advice, words of wisdom or recommendations to the audience, what would it be? Well, there's a couple of them. There's a, there's a, there's a couple thoughts on this line and they both cut across personal professional, but one of them is, is like, what are the facts, not the narratives? What's real and what isn't? It's harder and harder to sort that out. Um, and it isn't just about being self-serving. So whenever you find yourself where you go, this makes me feel good. You got to ask yourself, why does it make me feel good? And this is true, and this is for scientists too, or engineers or anybody. Just because someone says, ooh, I like that, doesn't mean you should pursue that narrative. What are the facts? What's good for a bunch of, what is it that people don't see across? And how can you connect people together and make them work, get them incentivized to work together? How do you solve their problems? How do you solve, and this is thinking in a value chain, the people downstream and the people upstream. How do you solve their problems concurrently and get them incentivized to work together. So I think the future world is going to be a lot more systems oriented than what we saw in the past, where it was just simply, I'm going to make stuff, sell it, and make a lot of money. That's not how the future world works. Not if we're going to be accountable for our sustainable footprints and all the rest. You can't do it that way. And so when you're, when you're, if you're a young person or anyone else doing a business, start thinking about your business system, your business system partners and collaborations and sharing value. And that's a different, that gives you different solutions than the classic, I'm just a, you know, a marauding capitalist. I put all the money in my pocket and screw everybody else. Yeah, that ain't going to work in the future. That's not what future world looks like. That's not can, what it is. You can shear a sheep a hundred times. You can only kill it once. That's it. That's the idea. And that's what future world looks like to me. Thank you for listening. If you like our show, please give us a rating and review on iTunes. And you can show your support by sharing our show with a friend or reach out to us on social media where you'll find us under our Nexus PMG handle. If there's a subject or topic you'd like to hear about, send me an email, btu at nexuspmg.com or contact me via our website, nexuspmg.com. And while you're there, you can sign up for our monthly newsletter, where we share what we're reading and thinking about in the clean tech, green tech sectors. Bigger Than Us is a Nexus PMG production.